there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. In this episode, we're going to be talking about trauma and endometriosis. Um, this follows on from a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago on anxiety and endo. And I was asked following that if anxiety and trauma are the same things. Um, the simple answer is no. Um, they're not the same things, but there is a link between trauma and anxiety. Quite often I work with people who have trauma and they have anxiety as a result of that trauma. They are different. However, as I'm talking, you may see some similarities between the impact that they have and the impact of our endo. So I want to start this podcast just with a couple of caveats. The first one being that um, trauma is not something to attempt to heal yourself. Whilst I'm a massive advocate, as you know, for self-treatment and for taking control of your health yourself, when it comes to trauma, it's a complex beast and I would not recommend trying to heal your own trauma. If you feel that you have um, a deep-seated trauma or a trauma response that's impacting on your health, I would always recommend coming to see somebody like me who can help identify what that trauma is and help clear the effects of that trauma um, rather than doing it all yourself. The second thing to say is that whilst I'm not talking about specifics in this podcast, there may be a couple of things I mentioned that could be triggering to you if you do have some trauma. So please just be mindful of that as well. Okay, so moving on to talk about trauma and anxiety and endometriosis. So as I say, anxiety and trauma are not the same thing. However, they often do go hand in hand. Um, I work with so many women who have suffered from a trauma, who are carrying the impact of that trauma. And one of the impacts of that trauma is anxiety. Now you can have anxiety without trauma. I work with a lot of women who have anxiety and they've never had um, a specific traumatic event happen to them. So you can get anxiety without trauma. You can get trauma without anxiety. But often anxiety does show up as a result of trauma. In fact, I would say in terms of the top three emotional responses to um, to trauma, anxiety and fear is probably one of the top ones. Um, guilt and shame are also quite prominent when it comes to the emotional impact of trauma. And quite often we're we're working when we when we start looking at trauma, we're working with something called uh, toxic tox, toxic emotional trauma. Easy for me to say. Um, toxic emotional trauma is essentially where um, you've experienced trauma predominantly at a young age and the effects of that trauma stay with you. So that could be something like having um, persistent stress and trauma as a child, unmet needs, not being listened to, um, emotional or physical neglect or childhood abuse. It could also be living with parents who are generally neglectful or struggling with substance abuse issues or you have a history of that in your family. 
So these can massively impact on your endo. In a future podcast episode, I am going to be talking about the hereditary aspect of endometriosis and we'll delve a lot into that in, in that podcast. But actually for this, for this podcast as well, it is incredibly um, poignant when we talk about the toxic trauma, the toxic impact of trauma that we, that we kind of build up as a child. Now, when I talk about healing from this trauma, and that doesn't necessarily mean from from the childhood trauma, it can be as an adult as well. When we talk about healing from the trauma, we can't change the event or the events that have happened that have that have been traumatic. The thing that impacts on us is the emotions that we link to that event or those events. So quite often we talk about, like I say, the anxiety and the fear, the shame and the guilt. They are the emotional aspect of of the of the trauma. We can't shift the trauma, what we can do is shift and reframe those emotions because it's those emotions that impact on us. And quite often, um, so similar to anxiety, quite often what happens is those emotions are pushed down within us. And we think we've maybe managed it, we think that we've maybe overcome the trauma, but actually quite often what happens is we just push those emotions deep, deep within us because it's easier to hide them, it's easier to just swallow them down and get on with it than it is to face up to what's happened. And that is a a perfectly natural response. Um, Quite often, especially if it's it's a, a... a recent trauma or if it was a particularly difficult trauma the impact of revisiting it can also uh, can often be just as traumatic as the original event itself so it's human nature to not want to go there so we kind of shut ourselves off to it which you may argue is absolutely fine in the short term but when it comes to our long-term physical and emotional health it's not great our bodies, even though we're, we're swallowing down the emotions, our bodies still hold on to those emotions. And one of the main places that those emotions impact is in our, in our abdomen. Now, predominantly, there's two places where we hold on to those, those responses, that trauma. The first place is, is in our abdomen ourselves. So you will have heard me talk about the psoas muscle before. The psoas muscle is a hugely important muscle. And that's where we tend to store our trauma and our fear and a lot of these abdominal muscles are are where we hold these types of emotions so vulnerability and fear and anxiety and shame and guilt are all held within that lower that lower part of our of our torso and essentially what's happening is the the emotions are, are sat there which causes tension so as I'm just talking to you now just shift your attention just bring your attention slightly to your abdomen and just see how relaxed the muscles are within your abdomen even if you haven't suffered or or I shouldn't say suffered from a trauma but even if you haven't undergone any trauma just actually check in with your abdomen just see how relaxed the muscles in your abdomen are because most of us carry a little bit of tension in those muscles when you're struggling with anxiety fear shame trauma that tension within those muscles is even more acute. Our psoas muscle is a vital part of our fight or flight, which again links exactly directly to the anxiety that I was talking about in the earlier podcast. Our psoas muscle, essentially what happens when we are getting ready to fight or flight, that psoas muscle is integral in terms of us moving. So the psoas muscle is a massive muscle, or massively important muscle, that attaches the bottom half of our body to the top half of our body. And it's essential in terms of movement. movement. So when we go from a standing start to a run or from sitting down to standing up, the psoas muscle is one of the key muscles involved in those movements. 
So when we are struggling with stress and anxiety, when we are living with that trauma response, that source muscle gets tighter and tighter. And because of our sedentary lifestyles, we don't have a huge amount of opportunity to release that muscle. Unlike our shoulders and our neck that we can maybe crick or we can move our arms around, our source doesn't have the same kind of, of opportunity to release. So walking is a fabulous release for the source, although it can tighten it as well. So just be mindful of that. Um, there are a couple of yoga poses that are really good to stretch out the source. Pigeon pose, I find, is a, a really good one for that. Um, but other than that, we don't get too many opportunities to stretch our source because we spend so much time sitting down. So those emotions sit and fester within our source muscle. The tighter our, well, I'm going to say source muscle, but all of the muscles, wherever we're holding that tension, the tighter that gets, that then spreads. So exactly the same as if you get a sore neck, then the neck spreads to the shoulders, maybe spreads to the other shoulder, maybe down the back. Exactly the same is happening with the tension in our abdomen. It may start just at the source, but that will then spread into the soft tissue, into the adjoining muscles, and even into our ovaries and our womb. So we can be holding all of that tension in our womb. And actually when it comes to, especially if it's been a sexual assault, when it comes to sexual assaults, we do hold a lot of that emotion within our womb. Our womb is a fantastic organ. It's a fantastic part of our bodies. It's so sensitive and it's so important when it comes to our emotional well-being. But because of that, it's also massively sensitive when it comes to the neg negative aspects as well. So quite often when we're dealing with sexual assault in particular, we have the physical scars of the assault and we then, um, we then sort of start to protect ourselves. So it's almost like a post-traumatic stress response within our womb and we hold those emotions within our womb. So we have all the tension, anxiety, all the emotions that are held within the muscles of our abdomen, within the soft tissue of our abdomen and then also within our womb itself. So over time, you can see what a massive impact that will have on our menstrual cycle, on our digestive cycle, on um, any cycle that's linked to anything within our abdomen. And it's not that easy to clear. Like I say, anxiety and stress, I can teach techniques, we can learn techniques, we can do techniques to clear that ourselves. When you have a trauma response, it isn't that easy because the brain wants to protect ourselves. Our brain wants to protect against the emotional, the physical response of the trauma. And like I say, often to revisit that trauma, it can be just as impactful as the original event or events that took place to give us that response in the first place. So our mind doesn't want to go there. Our body doesn't want to go there. We are happy ignoring it, but we can only ignore it for so long before the issues start to rise. Now, when we're talking about our, our womb response, a lot of, if not, I'm going to say most, if not all women that I work with have at least a disconnect to their womb. So when I talk to many, many women about how they feel about their womb, the responses sort of range from a complete indifference to an actual hatred. And I've heard people say, I just, I'd rather it wasn't there. I don't need it. I'd rather it was just gone. And that's so sad because that connection to our womb is so important when it comes to our menstrual health, um, especially if we're talking about fertility and looking to um, maximize our chances of conceiving, if we're looking to overcome our endometriosis, then that positive connection to our womb is so, so important. Yet so many people 
because they've been living with that trauma and that trauma, the emotional response to the trauma is hidden deep within the womb. There's a disconnect, there's an ambivalence or even a hatred towards the, the feminine organs. Um, you will possibly have heard me say in previous podcasts or if you've worked with me before that energy flows where our thoughts go. So in, like I say, a healthy, positive relationship um, even a love for our insides, for our, for our womb, for our uterus is vital if you're going to see a recovery or manage your endometriosis successfully. So whilst I've said that we shouldn't be attempting to heal our trauma ourselves, there is something you can do in terms of easing the traumatic response that your, that your womb is having and regrowing that connection to your womb. And if you just, like I said before about bringing your attention to your abdomen and just noticing the tension in there, a really nice thing to do is just to pop your hands over your tummy, so where your womb is, pop your hands over your tummy. And just feel the warmth coming from your hands down into your into the tummy of your skin and down further into your abdomen. And then if you just slow your breathing right down, focus on your breathing, focus on the warmth from your hand. And then silently or out loud to yourself, simply tell your womb that you love her. Now that might sound a bit weird. If you've worked with me before, then you'll know it's not weird. <laughs> if it's the first time you've heard anything like that, then it may feel a bit awkward. Um, the more you can do that, and the more you can start to feel that, the greater the chance of recovery from endo and, and all sorts of other, of other conditions and, and health issues. The greater the chance you have of, of getting in more in control of those symptoms. Now, this isn't getting to the, the base of your trauma. This isn't even beginning to reframe that emotional response to the trauma. But what it is doing is starting to build that connection again to your womb. And that's essential in terms of overcoming the trauma and keeping that, that reframing of the emotional response, that clearing of the emotional response. It's essential to keeping that longer term. If you do have any questions or if you are um, thinking that you may have a deep-seated trauma response, then like I say, I would urge you to speak to somebody who can help. Um, it's not necessarily an easy journey, um, but it's one that if you do have um, trauma as one of the causes or one of the triggers to your endometriosis, it's so, so valuable. It's such a valuable journey. I hope what I've said makes sense. Um, like I say, if you have any questions, do feel free to reach out to me. Similarly, if you want um, me to talk about something else on a future podcast, just drop me an email. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.